<laughs> Matthew, right, how you doing? Oh, very, very well. How are you, John? <laughs> dude, dude, we are an hour and a half away from the NBA Finals, and the Suns are in it. Like, I still cannot truly grasp what that means and how that feels. Like, it, yeah, I feel like we're in a dream, you know? I mean, this is yeah. July, it's basketball, which is weird. And then you have the Suns are in there, which is weird. I mean, how how, how are you navigating all this, my friend? Ah, uh, one day at a time. But <laughs> honestly, like today, so you focus on work, and you kind of keep drifting off thinking about it. But like I, like you said, like it's, I don't really believe it till I turn on the TV and they're out there. You know, <laughs> I keep seeing stuff on Twitter, all of that, but like, it's not going to be real until I actually start watching it, and even more real when we go to the game on Game Two. Yeah, it's so I didn't work today. Like so Oh no. no. <laughs> That's not what it's gonna do. No, I had some other things I had to take care of today and uh I was fortunate enough to uh be on with Sports Map Radio. Yeah. Which is a national radio. They were asking me some questions about the sun. So that that was kind of like my my go to midday. I'm like, okay, I know I'm gonna have an opportunity to talk about some suns. But outside of that, like, I just got done with, like, a two-and-a-half-hour nap because I, I can't – I, I'm so jacked, and the anticipation levels are so high right now that I don't know how to handle myself. And, again, you know, it's it's funny when you sit there and you watch TV and you see the Suns logo next to the NBA Finals logo, and it's just – again, the, the surreal is on, like, 110 right now. And I know that once the tip-off begins here shortly that – Everything will settle back into place, and that's just a that's just another basketball game. And what this reminds me of is when the Cardinals went to the NFC Championship game about three or four years ago, and when the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl about thirteen years ago. It was the same kind of feeling of surrealism and excitement. And the I think the the difference, obviously, between this and that is football is so final. It's like it's all this anticipation, and then it's like a four hour event. It's over. Like with the Suns, I mean, we have. If they sweep them, it's going to be a week. If we don't, it's like two and a half weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And for it to go any longer, I mean, is, is Gian, have you heard if Giannis is playing or not? Or is that like right before the starting lineups? It's going to be uh, now. It's, you know, they, they upgraded his status today to probable, whereas it was yeah. questionable, whereas before that it was doubtful. So we don't know. I don't know if it's gamesmanship on part of Milwaukee. They feel like one of the only advantages that they have in the Giannis situation is knowing his availability. Therefore, they're not going to put something out. It's very Seattle, Seattle Seahawks-ish to like just not tell you what the injury report is. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, but does it – I mean, does it matter? Because the way Giannis plays, too, he needs the ball so much. And I'm not going on here saying, like, you know how I said the Clippers are better maybe as a team without Kawhi, just because it's not a ball-dominant guy who doesn't, like, really spread the ball much. And they always had troubles towards the end of the game. And it kind of reminds me of, like, the Bucks. I know they played the Hawks the last two games, and Trey Young came back in, game, in the last game, but he wasn't really 100%. And you can totally tell out there. But, like, if Giannis comes back, there might be too much attention on him, so maybe that would help the Suns in a way. Right now, I mean, you got this this team without their superstar, kind of like you know us against everyone else in the world kind of mentality, and that could be even more scary than I think Giannis coming back off of an injury. Who 
who even knows? He might not even be like 60 or 70% healthy. Yeah, you don't know his effectiveness. You don't know how he's going to be able to navigate and use his body in this game. And, I, and I'm with you there. I mean, the, the scarier thing from a Suns fan standpoint, thinking about the Milwaukee Bucks, is they've probably really had an opportunity over these past few, you know, two or three days to hear what the national pundits are saying. And again, as a Suns fan, it's not something I'm used to is having everybody pick us or believe in us. And that those are different waters for us to navigate as fans. And, you know, the Milwaukee faithful and the the Milwaukee Bucks themselves are going to use that as fuel to the fire. Like, hey, nobody believes in us. We were one of the better teams this season. We've been the better team over the past five years of that. There's no doubt. But they have that, hey, nobody's picking us mentality. And they showed that they know how to play without Giannis in those last two games against the Hawks and be productive. You know, Brooke Lopez, somebody who, with Giannis in the offense, is primarily somebody who can stretch the floor, play some defense, and uh, hit some threes when needed. He reminded everybody that, hey, this is a guy who scored 20-plus points for four or five seasons with the Brooklyn Nets. He knows how to put the ball in the hoop. Drew Holiday showed that he, you know, although he had been mired in some mediocrity in this playoff run, scored over 25 points the last two games against the Hawks. They're a team that has confidence without Giannis and obviously has confidence with him knowing that they beat the Buck, or I'm sorry, the Nets. They beat the, the Miami Heat uh, pretty easily with his presence. So they've got this kind of duality going on and knowing that they, whether or not they're going to have them, they truly know that, but they have confidence in themselves. And that's why it's going to be of paramount importance that Phoenix comes out firing in this game and connecting on their shots to temper that confidence that Milwaukee has in themselves. Yeah, and honestly, the Suns in game ones are very, very good, right? Especially Devin Booker. So he's mm-hmm. one of those guys to look out for. If you're, uh, if you're a Bucks fan, you know he's going to go off. He shows up. He gets his team going, and that's what he did all season long, especially in the first quarter. He was first quarter book, but even in game one, he's game game one book. He might go missing because someone breaks his nose, but <laughs> he always shows up when he's absolutely healthy. He knows exactly how to play within the offense. They're so comfortable together. As long as Chris Paul, you know, can can avoid anything else, um, he, it's going to be funny to see him and. Booker, this whole team just healthy right now to see how this offense starts against the Bucks, who is a great defensive team even without Giannis. It, for them to maneuver their offense and to find the wide open shooters, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson when he comes in the game, you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for these shooters too without Giannis to really knock down those wide open threes. And we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to uh, Devin Booker. Uh, 40 point game, 35 point game, something like that tonight. Cause I think like as Suns fans, we're kind of used to it now. And it's kind of weird to have that superstar on our side that, uh, you know, that can really perform in these high pressured situations. Yeah. If he goes out tonight and drops 35 or 40, like he has cemented as a superstar in this league, period. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm still wary because I think that he is going to be who the Milwaukee Bucks are focused on in this game. I think that you have Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, P.J. Tucker, and you have those guys who are just going to take turns guarding him and then guarding uh, Chris Paul. 
And the third guy in that rotation is going to probably end up taking McHale or, you know, most likely, who isn't an offensive threat. So they can kind of rest on defense during certain possessions of the game. You know, let's say P.J. Tucker's on McHale Bridges for about two or three minutes. Okay, now he's on Booker, and he's he's ready to go. And then once he's spent two or three minutes on Booker, now it's Chris Middleton's turn. So they're going to throw a bunch of looks at Booker and a bunch of bodies who are healthy. And it's going to be up to Devin Booker to try to navigate those different looks uh, and that constant and consistent pressure from the Milwaukee Bucks defense. Milwaukee's also, besides the team that had the best defensive rating in the playoffs thus far, they're the number one team at guarding the three-point shooters in the corner, which is where Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, that's where they make their bread. So that's one thing I'm looking at is to see – how we perform off shots in the corner, how available they are. Because, you know, as you mentioned, you know, if Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridge, if those guys uh, are open and have the ability to cook, it's only going to open a book even more. Because, again, if, if you're going to leave Mikhail Bridges open in the corner three and he's not hitting it, you're going to continue to do that, knowing you can focus that defensive pressure on Devin Booker. What do you, what do you think about our, sh- our opportunities relative to three-pointers? Um, you know, I'm kind of like going opposite. I know like if they could knock down the threes, I said, it'd be huge, but there's one guy I'm looking at. And I think I mentioned it before who can really throw out the pump fake. You know, if they're, if they're good at guarding those corners, like you said, maybe a pump fake would be nice for Mikhail Bridges to take it to the hoop. And what yes. we've seen from him too, like he, he can really dish the ball out now. I mean, we've seen that sometime uh, where he can pump fake it to the rim and maybe even dish it off to Aiden, whoever's cutting. So he's been able to find the guys in the past. It'd be fun to see that back. If we get that back in Mikhail Bridges, like this offense overall as a as a first team unit will be unstoppable. Uh, just because you can tell with the confidence that he's playing with, the rest of the team is going to play with confidence. Because I think Mikhail right now is that guy where it was maybe Aiden to get that confidence into, you know, that fire lit underneath his butt that Chris Paul sometimes has to get into him. And I think Mikhail's like that last guy that just needs that confidence to to go to the hoop. You know, you don't have to shoot a three. If some guy's coming at you, just, you know, put it down on the floor and get to the rim. That's that's something I'm really looking forward to tonight. No, you're spot on with that. And that's true of Cameron Johnson as well. Uh, I wouldn't say Jay necessarily. Jay isn't known for really taking it to the hoop. But both of those guys can really start to increase their confidence and enhance their scoring ability if they just simply pump fake because they're so quick and, and you're, you know, with Mikhail Bridges, I was listening to another podcast last night and they were really starting to go into that conversation of what do we do with Mikhail in the off season? You know, and my pushback on that is, well, you know, we're not in the off season yet. Thank God we're in the NBA freaking finals. So let's talk, <laughs> let's have that conversation after the finals. But Mikhail is somebody who just hasn't necessarily had it this postseason run. He's had a couple games where he's had decent scoring. I know that in the Lakers series, he had a couple really good spots in third quarters where he put together points when no one else seemed to have the ability to put together any points. And I think that that was valuable. And I think that, you know, against the Nuggets, he did the same thing. When they were ISOing him with uh, Michael Porter Jr. on him, he had the ability to go around him and do what he wanted. And it's up to him to really kind of – seek that offense in this series because it will be there. He will have the opportunity to have some open shots 
and have the ability to, to take it to the basket. It's just a matter of him having the confidence necessary to do so, right? Yeah, and honestly, uh, this team doesn't really lack that too much. I think, um, especially in game ones, they're going to come out firing, like you said. Um, wh- however, it goes in the first half, and I'll mention it again, like I said, I think last pod, like, if this team can just keep up with this first team of the Bucks, you know, I mean, not keep up, but just, you know, keep that little minimal lead. And then the the second unit can just come in and play like they've been playing, fully healthy. Nader himself, I guess, you know he's going to get minutes. Uh, if they can come in and just execute, I mean, this series will probably be a wrap sooner than later. Uh, I think absolutely, like, this bench has something that we've never had here in Phoenix, just like the defense, even the rebounding, even though we are undersized. It's been a lot better lately with the team rebounding. So I think those two things, the team rebounding and the bench, if that is just something that we can execute on, I mean, the series will be over in four or five. God, I hope you're right, man. It's, well, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying stuff. <laughs> uh, this is a reminder to everybody who is listening along live. We're on the Spotify Green Room app, so we appreciate you hanging out with us. If you have any questions, you can either type them in the chat or raise your hand and come on live with us and ask us any questions. Uh, we'll be on for uh, about another 15 minutes before we settle into wherever we're going to be watching the game and just let the stress levels begin because that's what happens when you watch playoff basketball. looks like Antonio has a question. Antonio, how are you doing today? Yeah, how's it going? How you doing? How you guys doing? Hey, what's up? Uh, my question was going to be a weird question, but it was going to be uh, who do you think – who do you think would win in a Royal Rumble between the two teams? But I assume everyone would pick Jay Crowder or Giannis. So who do you think would win in a fight between Jay Crowder and Giannis? Ooh, that is a, that's a great question. So let's start with the Royal Rumble side. So the cool thing about Royal Rumble is it kind of has to do with depth. So I think the Suns win on the depth side, but Matthew, who do you got Jay Crowder or Giannis? Uh, I don't know. Well, you've seen Giannis backstage. I think it was last season. They used to do the uh, the fake wrestling matches with the mascots sometimes with just each other. So that was always fun to watch. So you know he watches. He has a lot of moves. I, I hate to say it, but maybe Giannis, because I feel like he's just towering more of a physical threat when he walks into the ring, kind of like a cane or something. I'm a big wrestling fan. I used to be. I don't really watch anymore. But, uh, well, maybe, maybe a better matchup would be Jay Crowder and P.J. Tucker. Oh, PJ Tucker. Oh, man. I'll go Jay Crowder. What do you think, John? I don't know, man. This is tough because I think if it was like Royal Rumble wrestling style, like the the Bucks have more guys who would make better wrestling characters, right? Like PJ Tucker would be great. Chris Middleton, he looks like a guy in like WWE. Drew uh, Holiday, he's another physical presence, you know, where I feel like the Suns are more of a finesse team. Like DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, we're more finesse than we are physical. So you put us in a ring with the Bucks. I think just across the board, they might end up winning. And if it's Drake Crowder versus P.J. Tucker, I feel like P.J. Tucker is one of the guys who, like, knows all the moves and if the crowd <laughs> – and, and can get the crowd kind of going. And then right when you least expect it, boom, you're getting snow, stone cold stunned or rock bottomed, and Jay Crowder doesn't know what hit him. You know what I mean? Even on Jay Crowder's birthday, which is today. I think he might I mean, lose that matchup. You can't, you can't count out uh... – Chris Paul getting a couple of nut shots in there to, to get the win. <laughs> Wait, would he be he be doing the low blows? 
like the oh, ref yeah. looking the other way in a low blow. Yeah, I can see Chris Paul doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but here's what determines it. You ready for this? I got you on this one, Antonio. Uh-huh. The referee is Scott Foster, so we lose no matter what. Game, oh. set, match. You know? Oh. Game over. Wow. Oh, That's a good one. Uh, yeah. he, he would have the title belt and just knock someone out. Yeah, he'd probably yeah. knock out Jake Crowder. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, good call. Good call. Excellent oh, man, question, I love that Antonio. Question, we, we appreciate it. We appreciate you listening to uh, the, the Suns Jam Session podcast, man. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you, guys. Awesome. That's a fantastic question, man. I even think about that. And that's one of the things you have to think about when it comes to this series is, you know, this is a good defensive team we're playing against. They are going to try different things and throw different looks at the Suns that are going to try to take them out of whack. Now, one thing that we've seen with the Suns through this playoff run is their ability to adjust. You know, I think Dan Booker was saying it in his uh, finals practice media day yesterday, whatever that was. And he said, you know, it's so true what they say when you enter the playoffs. When you win a game, you feel like you'll never lose again. And when you lose a game, you feel like you'll never win again. And that's how yeah. it kind of felt after that game five against the Clippers, right? All of a sudden, everybody thought Phoenix couldn't win. Uh, the Clippers have made all the necessary adjustments, you know. And I think that we're going to see a lot of that in this series. With two teams that have such defensive uh, versatility, you're going to see moments where you're, you feel like you'll, you'll never score again. And the Suns have done that during this playoff runs where, where they've had quarters where they just can't score the ball. And I think that, you know, again, the, the goal here for us as fans, and especially for the Phoenix Suns as a team, is to just maintain level-headedness and, you know, realize that this is a series. But just don't end up with a wrestling ring in the middle of the arena or we might lose. Dude, it's funny you say that, how everyone switches over. It's totally true. When the Suns lost game five, I, even like the last series, um, not the last series, the, the Lakers series, it was hard to listen to podcasts because the the, the, the podcast before, they're telling you, yeah, the Suns got this, and then uh, the Lakers would win, and then also the uh, Clippers would win, and it would just be like, oh, no, Clippers got this. I think they figured them out, and it's tough to listen to. You know, you just got to turn on the oldies music or something at work and not listen to those podcasts because then – because you're kind of, I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, oh, what if they figured this out? The whole Ty Lue thing, uh, him being the best coach in the league currently, like you hear that a lot. And what if they turn it around and they win the series and then you watch the first half and you're getting upset because you think maybe they figured something out. But that's the tough, toughest thing about being a fan, you know, and that's the best reason to be a fan and not a player because you, I would give up so quickly on myself, <laughs> you know, going into the next game. But they got, they had the great leaders though, like Monty and, Devin Booker and Devin Booker turned that leader too silently, sneaky, just kind of turning that leader we've always wanted him to be, and he's gotten that a lot from Chris Paul. So they have someone to believe in, definitely. So um, I don't know, man. I, I could see that being a thing. I mean, if this size kind of shows up against against the Suns and Giannis comes back and looks great, it's like, oh, this guy was a two-time MVP. Remember that? Everyone wrote his, wrote him off. But now he's back in this series, so I could see that happening a lot. But I trust the Suns team for sure to win the to win the finals, which is crazy. Well, yeah, it's uh, all those national narratives are going to be occurring all the time. It's going to be real easy to fall down those rabbit holes of desperation if we don't win a game. Like if we go out and we lose this game, which is completely possible. There's two teams playing today, and the Suns are one of them. They have a fifty fifty chance to win it. Right? They either win or they lose. And the Milwaukee Bucks are in here 
in the NBA Finals for a reason. They're a very good team. They're a team that at the beginning of the season, if you told anybody that the Bucks were going to be in the NBA Finals, not one person would have doubted you. Okay? They're a quality opponent. And if the Suns lose this game, everybody's going to jump off the cliff and it's over and, you know, you lost home court advantage and yada, yada, yada. And the only thing that I, I re- want to remind all of our jamsters who are listening to this podcast, whether you're listening along live right now with us or if you're listening to this on Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network or if you're one of our elite jamsters and you're watching the YouTube version of this, which we release only to our, our elite jamster community, don't fall prey to those narratives. Remember who this team is, okay? This team, your Phoenix Suns, is a team that has been absolutely fantastic on the road. They're a team that had the best road record in the NBA, okay? They're a team that uh, since January 28th are 43-13. and 13. They, are, they are 27 and 11 against winning teams. They're 25 and 12 in the clutch. All of those statistics that are either the best in the NBA or the second best in the NBA. So even, you know, if they lose the narrative, like you said, Oh, Giannis. Oh yeah. Two time MVP. How can we watch, write him off? Oh, Drew holiday. What a great signing that was. It's going to be a ride that we're all about to impart on or depart on We're we're, we're getting ready to set sail on the USS NBA finals. And we have to follow the leader. And the leader is Chris Paul. Chris Paul is somebody who's, no matter what, going to have this team ready. Chris Paul is somebody who has been waiting his entire career to get here. Chris Paul is on a team that has been molded in his image where all of the players respect and revere him and will do anything to assist him in writing that chapter in the book in which it says Chris Paul is a NBA Finals champion. So I think that no matter what happens in game one, as frustrating as it might be if we lose or as jubilant as it might feel if we win, we have to stay level-headed and take it just simply one game at a time. Yeah, and uh, I have to go back to you and Flex. Last time Flex was on the pod, you thought this Bucks team, tell me if I'm wrong, even with Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, when they were healthy, didn't you guys pick? the Bucks to beat them in that series? I did because I figured somebody would get hurt. I mean, uh, you know, you, yeah, and, and I believe in this Bucks team, though. I mean, both of those reasons. Both of these teams have been healthy the majority of the season, and there's a lot of positive things that happen from that. They know who they are. They know how to play together. They know how to play together on both ends of the ball. You know, they trust in each other. All of those things come together. So if you sit there and you try to approach – and a season from a load management standpoint, you're already setting yourself up for failure. I mean, this is a team led by Chris Paul who's like, no, I am playing every chance I can because he sees yep. the value in that. Yeah, and it's something to do with uh, the injuries and stuff of late. I don't even want to get into that, but the injuries, it doesn't matter. That net series, like the Bucks, if you're a team and the other team loses their stars, mentally it is hard to probably get prepared and be like, you know what, this is probably a rollover. We can win this. To get over that and then plus the Nets being a team that's like, it's us versus everybody again, then that's hard to beat. I don't care if it took them seven games and they barely are, yeah, seven games and they barely won by a, a, a toe. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's very difficult to beat those teams, especially led by the best player in the NBA at the time. So I don't, the injuries itself, I don't care. This team is ready to play. That's why I said it's going to be very difficult. But 
Uh, we'll see, man. I don't. There's a lot of stuff, but yeah, let's go, Suns. <laughs> well, well, it's funny because I, I just had this great speech on how to temper our expectations. And you know, no matter what happens tonight, we'll go live on YouTube like we do after every game and yes. record the podcast. And I'll be jumping off a cliff or I'll be overly jubilant. Like, I just won't be able to help myself. Like, it's just well, the, it's the, the, the natural emotion. The best part of those pods is if uh, the Suns lose, we can just let we let Dave King, Espo, and Saul just go at each other for thirty yes. minutes, <laughs> just take each other's heads off. That's <laughs> the best part. Oh, the Suns lost, but it's it. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen, but uh, anyways, something to look forward to, guys. Uh, all right, last thing before we get out of here, uh, what's your final prediction for tonight? I want to score, Matthew. I want a score. You want to score? All right. Yes. Suns one thirteen, the Bucks ninety nine. Okay, okay. 14-point victory for the Suns. Wow. Okay, I dig it. Okay, I think the the Vegas odds have it at like five and a half for the Suns. Yeah, five and a half. Um, I'm going to go with the Suns 109, the Bucks 99. I like I like the 99 from both of us. I think okay. we'll both – let's just fall on that number. Bucks don't get 100 tonight. Let's go for that, huh? All right, yeah. So it will be 109 and 99. Jake Crowder has a, a four-point play to end the game. So. There you go. Because it's his birthday. Happy birthday, boss man. There you 99. go. Yep. So fantastic. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and get out of here and get ready to watch the game. Matthew, where are you watching the game tonight? I will be watching at my uh, my parents' house. My nephew will be over there. He is seven. Time to get him into uh, some Suns <sighs> basketball. Oh, man. He's going to remember this for the rest of his life. So good job well, there. I'll be watching I'll start it. playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> are you watch- you're watching at home tonight? I'm watching it at home tonight. So right. uh, just me and a can of beer and my wife who will be on TikTok the whole time. So oh. this, is a, <laughs> this is a reminder to everybody who's listening. Please subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll go ahead and read those right here on the show. You can follow the show at Sun's Jam on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lissy. And on that note, uh, let's go Suns, baby. Let's go Suns. Everyone go home and uh, watch the Suns game. (laughs) Okay. Take care, everybody. Thanks for joining